Buck, 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 yeah, from uh, Troy to Power Presents, the Power Playthroughs podcast, the podcast where you play games in a powerful way, uh, uh-huh. and base SF cast. Uh-huh. Uh, Best anime shows ever so far. Okay. Do you have any other projects going on right now? Um, well, I'm, I'm on the, the Picard review show where I'm too young for this hit. Okay, uh, yes. Yeah. Right. I'm I currently unemployed. <laughs> okay. You get, you have, well, and then you've got what... Um, uh, uh, podcasters and symbols coming back up soon, right? That's true. We're going to be doing James Bond, the the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. So definitely encourage people to, uh, to review those movies and start getting some ideas on on what you want to share about them. You be part of podcasters assemble. That sounds good. I'm going to try to be a part of it this year with possibly my dad if I can get him in. Excellent. Because uh, we'll be cool. he's the one who Bond. But nice. we're not here for Bond. We are here to Bond over video games. Ooh. Do you like my segue? That hurt my soul. No, that was a professional segue with a professional ass professional host, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just realized one of my windows is cracked open. Um, Oh, no, I don't think I can lock it shut. Oh, no. Oh, wait. (laughs) So maybe that's why it's been so cold in our our room is that a a window has been cracked open this entire time we've been living here. That would probably (laughs) do it. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, today we have got four games to discuss uh, that I'm going to be picking your brain about. Um, so do you have a list of games prepared for the questions? So I, I, I do hypothetically, here's my question though. In theory, <laughs> if we were going to do the panel route, this was going to be a monthly thing. So it was going to be, I was going to be addressing games that I finished for, for the game. I finished, it was going to be a game I finished in January. That works for me. Okay. So I'm not going to so talk we, about we could... how terrible Red Dead Redemption 2 is then. Um, I'm not allowed some blasphemy up in this, but <laughs> that is a discussion that you and me are going to get in on next month's episode, and it's going to be pretty heated. Um, that sounds like I'll a tell you But I can't wait for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go from end of December to end of January. Uh, well, I actually we're recording this on February 9th, so I think a, a month in review is a good. Yeah. Idea. So I beat, I beat so, four games actually in January because I have a newborn who was refusing to sleep anywhere except for in my arms in the month of January. So I was playing video games all night. You might hear him. I'm, he's currently asleep in my arms, actually. Uh, there are other co-hosts. No, there are yeah, other yeah. guests. <laughs> um, so I played and beat Halo Reach, My Friend Pedro, Anodyne, and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Really? I, well, Out of, was Jedi, Jedi might have been in February. I might be cheating a little bit. Let me check. I got notes potato. on such things. You definitely played it in, in the bulk of it in January, correct? Uh-huh. I'm willing to allow it, um, if that's the case. My question for you, based on those three games, um, do you think that any of those – I'm sorry, four games – any of those four games is going to make it on your game of the year list? Ooh. Um, okay. Let's let's break it down. Halo Reach? No, absolutely not. It's a fine game, but whatever. Um, my friend Pedro was like 
my notes for it literally say absolutely buckwild gameplay. Um, but I beat it in like two nights and I just, I don't think it's going to stick with me. Um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is a contender maybe. And actually Anodyne is, which is Anodyne's this weird, like Link's Awakening clone that is, I think it was a mobile game first. It's like, it's old, but I played it on switch where I bought it for a dollar and it was really, really good, but it's weird. Um, Didn't Arjuna bring that game up in our last discussion? I'm trying to remember. Maybe. How it's old possible. is Anna? I don't know off the top um, of my head. It's a couple of years old. Let me look it up. I'm, I'm in a better position to, to Google that Sounds shit. Good. Yeah, Google that shit. Yeah, Google that shit all day long. Um, the way I recall, if I can bring it up, is Arjuna was talking to us about uh, games on his list, and he was talking about a clone of a game, I believe, uh, and that the um, – or maybe it was a, an art style that had influenced him. And he that had mentioned, uh, it was it was a weird pixely art, is what I recall. Yeah, um, this was um, released in 2013 originally for PC, Mac, and Linux, and then went over to Android in 2013 as well, and then eventually made its way to Switch, which is where I played it. I guess it's on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch, so you can get it all over the place. It's good. Uh, if you like Link's Awakening, you will like Anodyne. It's, it is very much inspired by by Link's Awakening. Um, sounds good. I think I should talk about Star Wars, though. Like, I mean, that's kind of like the, the least exciting because it's actually a current game, but also it's a current game. So I feel like maybe that's the one I should speak to. It, it probably has the most influence on our listeners' ears uh, as to what is currently being made, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is a single-player uh, narrative-focused Star Wars game. Uh, it's the first one of those in nine years. Uh, since since Force Unleashed 2 came out. Uh, Battlefront 2 had a single-player campaign, but it was definitely a multiplayer-focused game. So I, I was looking forward to this for a long time just because of that. Um, and then stuff started coming out about it that, like, it was inspired by the Dark Souls games, which kind of worried me because those games aren't fun to me. They're too hard. And then stuff started coming out that, like, but it's like a Metroidvania, which made me interested because I like those games. So it was like... 3D Metroidvania, I think, is what people were comparing it to. Yeah. And so, eventually, I, I decided to start playing it. And uh, I just... You know what, Evan? I'm going to admit it. I, I played it on easy mode from, from the jump. I never even... I didn't see what normal difficulty looked like for a single frame of that game. Really? Yep. Did, okay, well, I will ask you this. Did you have any trouble with it in easy mode? Yeah. I still died. I was, freaking Stormtroopers were shooting me real good, and I died a lot. And And <laughs> so, okay... Here's the thing. The combat in it is fine. But when I play a Star Wars game where I'm going to be a Jedi, I want to feel like the biggest badass in the room. And even playing on easy mode, I didn't always feel like the biggest badass or biggest badass. Wait, biggest badass. There we go in the room. Uh, I would say playing on easy mode, I felt that way maybe 75% of the time. So it's like it wasn't hard at on easy mode, but it it, there were still points where there was a bit of a challenge to it. Um, okay. But nothing too terrible. Also, this game has, you have a little droid who hangs out in your backpack and anytime you want, you can push a button and he shoots you a, a like needle full of Bacta juice that you can inject in yourself to heal yourself. And it's possible that your boy forgot that that existed for like all of the game. <laughs> so it may be that the points where I was having a little difficulty with it were related to, to that. 
you forgot to hit yourself on the Nestus flask is what you're telling me. Yeah, ever. Just ever. <laughs> I probably <laughs> killed myself six times playing through the whole game. Now that is a feat going through a Dark Souls game without ever healing yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say that. But okay, sounds good. So how was your moment to moment gameplay? Did you, did you feel like you were being sucked in by the story at all? Or yeah, um, was I, it just being more gamey than anything? So there, there's kind of three, four things I want to talk about. Uh, one is One is the combat. One is exploration, one is how it looks, and one is the story. Uh, combat I already talked about, like it's, you know, it's kind of Dark Souls-ish where it's it's more timing based than anything else. It's not just a hack and slash, like you have to kind of um, prepare your attacks and know when to, you know, parry an attack to get an opening and then make an attack. Um, and and it, works, it works well. I think I would have hated it on a normal difficulty level, but it worked well enough um, on, on the story mode. Um, as far as visuals, this game looks gorgeous. Like I, I'm, I'm a sucker for visuals. Like it, it's very easy to please me, and uh, this game just looked really, really good. I, it's one of those things I struggle with a little bit because it did just do the like realistic look. It didn't have like an artistic flair to the visuals. It it just looked as realistic as they could get. And usually, I prefer some sort of an artistic flair. Um, I've just been playing the uh, uh, infamous um, First Light, I think is what it's called. I, I finished playing that this morning, actually, which has a bunch of like neon all over the place. And like that game, that looks beautiful to me, even though that game's like six years old at this point. But it just looks so good because the neon and everything give it a, a style. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order doesn't have a whole lot of style, but what it has looks great. Um, okay, so you are you still like it even though it's not a stylized game, which is what you would prefer, right? And the thing that I worry about with that is like, like I said, that infamous game I've been playing, it's it's five or six years old, and I think it still looks good. This game in five or six years, right. who knows how it's going to hold up? Like, it you might the the flaws in it might become much more apparent over time than they would if it had more of an artistic flair. Um, understandable. The story I thought was really good. Uh, it takes place between. The original trilogy and uh the prequel trilogy um so it's about a jedi who's like gone to ground after surviving order 66 and then kind of gets pulled back into the fight and it's really good there's a couple of narrative moments that were really really exciting to me um and the whole ending sequence was fantastic uh there's a great bit on kashik where you like are helping with uh stop an assault on kashik and in the process you take over a atat walker and kind of guide it through a more on-rails section of the game, not quite exploration-based. And that actually worked really well for me. It, it almost felt like a different game, though. Like, it kind of felt like they made that section as just a normal, like, third-person character action game. And then they went, hey, what if this was also an exploration game? Um, which kind of takes me to that part, is the exploration in this game, they, they build it, like I said, as kind of a Metroidvania. And it was fine in that regard, but I, I really like metroidvania type games i like the exploration i like going and finding all the hidden nooks and crannies um i'm playing one of the game boy advanced castlevanias right now and like everywhere you go in that game it's like here's a health upgrade here's a, a weapons upgrade like there's just little tiny upgrades everywhere and in star wars jedi fallen order there's a lot of those nooks and crannies as well and in them there are coats because your character wears like this poncho and you just you get coats all the time different coats um, you get different paint jobs for your robot, you get different paint jobs for your ship, and you get different pieces to your lightsaber that you will never be able to see the pieces of your lightsaber because it's a lightsaber. You're holding it in your hand and it's very small. So can you at least see changing out the kyber crystals? Uh yeah, yeah. To like three different ones that are all unlocked from the beginning. 
And then later there's a different oh. thing. So so not as an exploration reward, no. That's no. Oh. So, so you're telling me you're stuck with a single blade lightsaber that's one of three colors throughout the entire game, and you can change to one of the other three colors at any point in the entire game. So not quite. You do get a double blade okay. lightsaber. Uh okay. Uh, at a point in the game, spoilers. Uh, more spoilers. So, so at, you have three colors. Spoiler, you can use spoiler alert! <laughs> I think it's a a blue, a green, and an orange is what you get to choose from at the beginning. Um, but then eventually something happens, and you end up getting to like pick a new crystal, and then you're stuck with that color. And there you've got like six or seven different color options, so you get a little more options there. But then it's like you've picked the crystal, and so you're stuck with it at that point. What is cool is that at that point you get a special attack where you can split your double bladed lightsaber in half and for like a single combo can do two lightsabers slashing all over the place like Ahsoka and it's real cool. I like that. Nice. But yeah, so they've included that time. All the exploration rewards were cosmetic and that was really disappointing to me because it didn't inspire me to really want to explore. Like I'd, I'd be like, all right, clearly I need to like run along this wall and then jump off of it and climb onto that rope and then jump onto another wall and then get across the ledge. But halfway through, I can see that there's a ledge that's just a little bit off the beaten track. And if I go over there, there's going to be a chest. And I'd be like, but I don't care because it's just going to be another poncho for my dumb Jedi to wear. And I, he doesn't need another poncho. He's got too many coats. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Uh, understandable. So yeah, it, it is a shame to hear that there weren't uh, you know, uh, stat upgrades mm-hmm. in this game. Um, and I feel like that's a complaint I've heard a lot of people bringing up, uh, especially when they're talking about, you know, uh, after games like KOTOR, uh, mm-hmm. a, you know, where you had customization all over the place and you could actually level up and upgrade a character. Well, there there um, is a skill this- tree, but it is entirely disconnected from exploration. It is just experience um, that you get from combat. Okay. And it's kind of like the uh, Final Fantasy X skill tree you know where it's it's the the spheres and when you unlock one sphere it opens more spheres um so i guess okay let me let me break down those categories again visuals this game looks fantastic narrative absolutely great combat eh, it's fine exploration a little disappointing the one thing i do want to call out because everyone who makes a metroidvania game should borrow one thing from this game is that whenever you come across a uh, door that you cannot get through because you don't have the necessary ability to get through it it is highlighted red on your map. And then when you get the ability that will let you go through it, it gets highlighted yellow. So anytime you get a new ability, you can immediately pop your map back open and see all of those places that are now accessible to you. And that is just so nice. Like it still lets you get the feeling of exploration, but it saves so much time of just wandering through the map over and over and over again. Well, that sounds like a good, nice little piece they've added. Okay, so that is a game that you have beaten uh, as of last month. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any other games that you played that you want to bring up as like honorable mentions or uh, yeah? Let me, let me remind myself what I was playing. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 all right, I've been playing Breath of the Wild again. Gosh darn it! Again, it's such okay. a good game. I just I, there's so much to do. I have in a that hate with the game. <laughs> Wait, oh. what, did, what did you just say? I have a love hate relationship with that game. Okay. I thought you just said you hate that game. It, you can oh, have no, a love-hate no, no, no. relationship. That's acceptable, but you can't hate it outright. It is one of my favorite open-world games to come out in the past hmm, 
one of in the past five years, I'd say. Uh, It's up there. Um, My problems came towards the end of that game. um, And spoilers uh, coming up. So if you want to skip the spoilers, go ahead and skip a few uh, little bit there. Um, (laughs) Yep. Um, (laughs) Whenever you beat Ganon, um, it just drops you back off outside of the castle and you can just choose to keep exploring or fight him again. There's no exploration after you've beaten the game and i hate i hate open world games that like stop after you've beaten the main story or that railroad you into just playing the end that was my problem with mass effect one uh after you got locked into the final fight uh every time you started the game back up you were just back in the final fight um which kind of sucked uh <laughs> and then um you know that, that's what i loved about Red Dead Redemption game series is uh, the ability to continue after you've beaten the game. It's a good quality. No, it's uh, not. The game's over, and then it's like, do you want to keep playing? And you're like, I don't it, know. It is, is something more going to happen? It is entirely necessary. You spent half an hour pretending like something's going to happen. Is something going to happen? And they're like, yeah, this dude's going to ask you to help him pick some herbs. And I'm like, that's not what I want to happen, Red Dead Redemption 2. Go away. We'll talk Did about you, you know about the epilogue in the first Red Dead Redemption? Yeah, the epilogue was fine. I'm talking about after the epilogue, when it's like, all right, you've beaten the game twice now. Do you still want to keep playing? Yes, that's a that's great. You can still finish up in the world with all the side quests that you missed. You can still exist in that universe after the story's gone through. You can uh-huh. see the effect that you had on the game. Uh-huh. Oh, I, would, I would trade that in for New Game Plus in a heartbeat. I was telling my wife that if, if Red Dead Redemption 2 had New Game Plus, I, I would be hanging out in Valentine right now. But because it doesn't, I'm like ready to sell the game. I'm done. Goodbye. Really? We'll talk about that uh, next month. Yeah, we'll talk about that next month. It's fine. <laughs> okay, so. Um, games. I want to ta- tell you about a game that I hated. Okay, okay. Game you hated. Okay. Yeah, I bounced off this hard. I was really excited to play um, the outer. Oh, shoot. Oh no! Which one is, is it? The Outer Worlds or the Outer Worlds? It's the one that's Fallout, Outer Worlds. It's Outer Worlds. Okay, I was really excited to play this Fallout New Vegas. Love it. Very good. The Bethesda Fallout, Elder Scrolls, all good stuff. I love it. And I played this one, and it was just ah, bland. It was just. Uh, I had heard. You know the this movie Bethesda making this, right? I'm sorry. This wasn't Bethesda making this. I know, I know, but it was in that style. And <laughs> it's just the combat isn't very exciting. It's fine. But the dialogue the op- combat was lackluster, yes. The dialogue options also aren't very exciting because I was like, I'd heard the combat wasn't great, so I made a character that was dialogue heavy. But then it was clear that like you just are supposed to choose the one that's highlighted because like if you have, you know. If you have a charming skill, then it'll be like charming and it'll tell you what to pick. And I wish that it didn't tell you like I wish it added the option because you're charming, but it didn't tell you like, oh, here's a secret option you get only because you have a high enough stat. Because at that point, I'm like, well, of course, I'm going to choose that one. Why would I not choose like the super special secrets dialogue option? And I know that that's like that's always how these games present that. But for some reason in this one, I just bounced off it immediately because it was like, Okay, I'm not really that engaged with the combat, but then I'm also not that engaged with the conversation stuff because I feel like I'm just letting the game play itself. Like I'm just choosing the dialogue options that the game tells me to choose. And it just 
I, I, I got to the point where I could leave the first planet and was like, all right, that was fine. I'm done though. I don't ever need to go back. That's a shame to hear. Uh, I, I played it. I had fun. I kind of mainlined the main story uh, and beat it. And um, the ending based on everything I had done was weird for me. Um, and I don't know if you're okay with me giving you some spoilers or not. No, you're totally fine. I'm, I'm not going to play it. So, Okay. Uh, heavy spoilers for everybody else, um, since you're not going to play it. Uh, every single world gives you the option to help the people of the world or kind of just kind of fuck off and leave them be. Um, and I decided to kind of do the good option for everyone, and it was always difficult. It took up time on every planet. And the final mission has you sneaking onto this like military base so that you can uh, – free the people that are stuck on the hope or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Basically the entire sequence was I had that disguised kid on and I had my lie all the way up to 75. So I just kept lying to people every time they spot me. Um, and I just got all the way to the end and I dialogued my way out. Um, yeah. However, there's like this entire sequence where you're climbing levels inside of this giant cylindrical, like, I guess it's part of a ship. I don't really, I think it's a building on the planet. And every like so it's three different levels in this giant cylinder that goes up, um, and I'm in disguise. All around me, like as you start to walk around, like one wall just randomly explodes, and there's the people from the first planet who have come to fight by my side, and I've had no contact with them at all. And it's just oh. like, hmm, it's weird that those guys are here, and they're like fighting everyone in the area I'm walking through. All the guards can hear and see it, and are just hanging out, like talking, like. Oh, did you try the coffee down in the break room? <laughs> oh, yeah, it tasted like crap. And I'm just like, huh, this is weird. And one guy will spot me and go, hey, you're not supposed to be here. I'm like, that's absolutely right. Good job spotting that. I'm going to make sure you get a raise. And they're like, thanks, man. And then they walk off. <laughs> and then I get to the second layer, and it's people from the second world. And they're fighting everyone, and I'm still walking around like, loop doo 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 Hey, you're not supposed to be here. You got me. Neither am I. So uh, good job. You're getting a raise. And they're like, oh, cool. And they walk off. And I did that. <laughs> Three times with people from all of the three main worlds that you do major story stuff on, got to the end, decided that the villain was going to work alongside me, uh, and then we unfroze everybody on the hope and we saved everyone. And then uh, high five, and there was a big explosion in the background. It was just weird. <laughs> and it gave me like, the good ending and everything. And it turns out I didn't even have all of the party members I could have with me. Uh, I left one person unlocked on the, on the first world. I uh, mean, that, that sounds like right in line with my experience of that game, though. Is that like it's it's almost like it's too easy to optimize yourself out of actually playing the game properly. And and I guess maybe, like I said, I think what would have done it for me is if it didn't tell me what the super secret special dialogue option that I had was, and I had to like still pick dialogue options and then I might pick one and it like maybe then it'll pop up and be like, you used your charm skill with that option. I think I would have liked it so much more than I can understand. I don't think I ever picked up charming uh, or well, whatever I don't you know had. So charming was one. Of, I don't remember, but but whatever it was, you know, it, it tells you it tells you before you pick the dialogue option that like you know for you it'd be like brackets lie and then it would say it. So you're like, well, I guess my lie skill is good enough because that's the thing. If if your lie skill is not good enough, it wouldn't be there. So maybe that's the way too. Is if it was like you know using a deception check in a D and D game where you could lie, but it might work or it might not. But since like it's like well it's highlighted so i know that this will work oh. so so you well because you put all of your stats into that like here's a way to break down the game uh you put your stats in that it's just telling you which skill you're using and you have to know whether it's kind of high enough or not 
it just tells you whether it's going to succeed or not, just like it did in Fallout New Vegas. Uh, if you recall that- Fallout New Vegas, that you had uh, the numbers next to it to tell you if you actually met the skill requirement or not. Um, I, yeah, I think it- in this game, it actually gave you that, but if you already had the right amount, it never told you that. And the problem is, like every single time that you had dialogue options that involved lying or intimidating, you already met the requirements, so it never said it. But that's the thing is, I wish it didn't tell me whether I met the requirements or not. Like, I wish it gave me the option to try to intimidate someone without knowing if it was going to work. Okay. Hi, whiny child. He just woke up and was like, whoa, what's happening? Why are you talking so loud, Dad? He also hated the game, apparently. <laughs> yeah, he sat with me through it. It just, it just didn't do it for either of us. That well, sounds good. Well, uh, what's the next game that you want to bring to us? Um, so the last category that I was looking at is, like, what I'm looking forward to, which I think could be something... Uh, that I'm looking forward to talking about next month or something that I haven't started yet, but I'm looking forward to. And I'm breaking my own rules. I would actually like to add in, uh, oh, if I go. can. I'd like to request also if you can give me a game that you're looking forward to for this coming year. Ooh, okay. Um, so I, I've got a couple that I want to talk about as like things that I might talk about next month. One is Red Dead Redemption 2. I've said enough. We'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> one is uh, Okami which I'm a couple hours into the HD remake of that on the Switch. And I think I like it, but I'm not sure that I like it yet. So stay tuned on that one. Um, and then the other is Cosmic Star Heroine, which uh, my buddy BJ over at the uh, geek to geek podcast keeps telling me to play. And I've played the tutorial. It's, it's like a Chrono Trigger kind of inspired um, Super Nintendo 16-bit era uh, role-playing game with some weird battle mechanics that the whole tutorial was focused on teaching me those weird battle mechanics. And then I haven't played it in like months and I don't remember how they work. So I'm going to probably start it over again. Um, Cause I keep hearing great things about that, but I just haven't dug into it yet. So, uh, so switch. Yeah. yeah. Also on switch. Yep. Um, so yeah, those are the ones that, that I'm like either playing or looking forward to playing as far as something coming out this year. I mean, it's kind of a dry year for me. I, I, you know what? I'm look, I'm not looking forward to new games this year, really. I'm looking forward to my backlog. I went through the past couple of days and added every game that I have available to me on the PlayStation 4, uh, as well as every game I have on the Switch, to my backlog in Groovy, which is a, a video game cataloging website, so that I can I can start trying to clean out my backlog. Uh, at least try all the games that I have. Because the thing with PlayStation Plus is you get so many dang games that I've never even tried. They're just sitting there like hey, did you want to play 99 Vitas? And I was like, ah, oh, I was actually looking at that on Switch. I did not know that I already had it available to me on PlayStation. So that's what I'm looking forward to this year is I'm looking forward to to clean it up my backlog of just this ridiculous pile of digital games that are taunting me. Okay. How's that? No, I like it. It works. I actually have two games I'm looking forward to this year that I'm 100% going to buy and play like crazy. The first one is going to be Cyberpunk 2077. I'm going to lose myself in that game. I can just tell you now. Yeah. Um, the other one, which you might be more keen on, is Animal Crossing. Um, you know, you will, you will not hear from me once that game comes out. I will be gone from the world. I, I, I have to discuss that one with my wife and see if she's excited about it because I always think I like the Animal Crossing games, and most of the time, I don't think I actually enjoy playing them. I think it's something that becomes a chore for me. But she and I got really into Stardew Valley for a while last year, and I think Animal Crossing could scratch a similar itch for the two of us. So that that's when it'll kind of depend on if she's if she's game for it or not. I'm actually currently scratching that itch by playing Stardew Valley. 
Uh, yeah. And I'm trying to finally beat my original save. Uh, well, it's I just got so, the year two. The two. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in summer of year two, I believe. Um, so okay. Animal Crossing has an online component. So what you need to do is, because Becky loves you, is if you want to make sure that we can play that game, you got to start talking up to her and convince her that she wants it. And then see, that's how it's all going to work out. I'm gonna have to put some some money on the side so I can afford it because uh, <laughs> you got to do the Nintendo Online uh, payment to play as well, right? That is true, but it's, that's like twenty bucks a year. It's, it's not too bad. Oh, is it? Okay. I see. Yeah. I have at this point not looked at any of the Switch price programs for their online play. Yeah, um, it's it's I'm not too 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 uh, prohibitive. Sounds good. Well, then you, you, I will reach out to her about that. Then and we will see if we can't get a, a, a review together of all of us playing because oh, I know okay. me and the wife both get it. Um, and I'm going to probably end up selling one of my uh, PS4s when the PS5 comes out, and mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, so thank you very much for joining me on this episode. I've, I actually really enjoyed having you. Um, Thanks. Did you have any other points that you wanted to bring up before we uh, close out? Um, games don't have to be long to be good. Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> well, that sounds good. I, here's what I will say. Uh, I do actually have one question for you. Sure. Of all of the games that we have discussed that you, you have played uh, up to right this moment, um, is there one game out of the bunch that you definitely would suggest somebody plays? You know, this is going to be a bonkers one, but I mentioned it casually. Infamous uh, First Light, the it's a standalone DLC to Infamous Second Son, which is the PlayStation 4 Infamous game. I've never played any Infamous games, but when I got my PlayStation 4, I think that first light was one of the PlayStation plus games that first month. So I'm pretty it sure was. it was the first game I ever played on my PlayStation four. And it's only like four hours long. And I finally beat it now, like five years later. And you know what? It's super dang fun. And, and after like the frustrations I was feeling with red dead redemption Two, jumping back into this game where it's like, Hey, you know what this game is? You basically you're the flash, but with laser blasts that come out of your hands, it was super so fun. So that DLC is actually a precursor to the story of Infamous Two, Infamous Second Son, um, and I, I at some point want you to play Infamous Second Son. That way, I can talk to you about specifically one single mechanic that that game got right that okay. I fell in love with, and I have not seen in any other game. Is there um, is there any reason at all that I should play the first two Infamous games on PlayStation Three before doing Second absolutely Son? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say I have no. them. I have the, I, you know, the collection was like five dollars at some point. And I was like, I'll buy this, but my my PS3 is not even hooked up. So, uh, I yeah, will promise I, you that Second Son is so much worth either is worth so much more than either of those games. Um, the well, game I've, I've got it. That's on my list. So, <laughs> okay. the the battle, like the the gameplay itself, when you're in fights, I recall hating uh, so much. But it's specifically when you're using a spray paint can, and I want to talk to you about graffiti in that game oh, and how they it, got it. Is it the thing where you use the motion control of the controller to 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 change where you're painting? Uh, I don't remember if they did it in first light or not. Uh, well, so well, he, I'll I'll describe it really quick before we get off. Uh, you turn your controller sideways so that like the left side of your oh. controller is actually hanging down. You shake your controller like you're shaking a spray paint can, and then you hit R two to spray the paint, and they just slap stencil up. And you, yeah, okay. You'll, you'll see it in second time. You're, you need to, I want to talk to you about it because I absolutely love that mechanic. And I, there's no motion control support, like no other games that really get like the PS4's, uh, what is it? The six axis motion mm -hmm. control. Like, and I love it so much. 
Well, but, cool. I will. I will definitely like bump that up on the list. Listen, the other game that's on the list, and you're going to tell me I need to play it too, is Witcher Three. But I think I'm going to put up Infamous before Witcher Three because it sounds more fun. Maybe not better, but more fun. I'll tell you what. I kind of bounced off of Witcher Three. I was having fun. Uh, I was playing it, <laughs> um, and like I got it when it was like really on sale at like the end of last year or something like that. And I just kind of played it for maybe like two hours. I didn't get anywhere in the story, and I know Matt's gonna hate hearing me say that, but um, I really bounced off of it, and I did not fall in love with it at all. And I okay. feel bit terrible because I want to well, play at least Cyberpunk. We can agree on that one. Yeah, it, it's. It, it, it looks to me like it's going to be a chore to play it, and I just ha- do not have the drive right now. I've been, instead been playing games that are inspiring. So Yeah, just um, like Red Dead Redemption 2. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's what we have time for today. <laughs> Thank you so much for being able to do this with me. Uh, I can't wait to do it again next month. Hopefully we'll have some more people on board as we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we should turn this into a, a monthly either game club, I think is something we could tag on to it. Um, but or answering some questions from the, you know, whoever listens, if they want to submit any questions for us. Sure. Um, it's good to know what games, uh, so you currently are playing some games through February. What can we look forward to you bringing up and discussing net during next month's episode? Um, well, like I said, I, I think that I'm probably, I'm, I just started today playing Saints Row 4, Gat Out of Hell. Um, and it's not good, but it's it's pretty fun uh, but i think that i'm gonna try and dive in uh i'm gonna try and play through cosmic star heroin i think that that one should be a pretty consumable one for me um and then okami is high on my list i'm, I'm looking at switch games right now and then final fantasy 8 is it's not a good game well i think it might be a good game but it has the worst tutorials in the world and <laughs> i really want to play that game but i've played through all the tutorials and i still don't understand a damn thing about how that game works so I'm going to have to do some reading online, but I'll probably have stuff to say about that one. Hopefully it's not enjoying it and not that I bounced off of it. So anybody listen to this right now, uh, if you have any questions that you want to bring up for Troy during that game or for any of those games, I should say during next week, uh, next month's episode, go ahead and tweet them over to us at Harry rooster reviews on Twitter. I do not remember what our uh, handle is. So good luck figuring it out. Um, I think it's still YWDMY right now. <laughs> probably change that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, shoot it to us, um, and uh, I, we can have these questions brought up. Or if you want to specifically email them to me, um, email them to fancytrashed at gmail.com, um, and uh, just put them in the subject line of uh, Harry Rooster Reviews February, and I will make sure to try to throw those into the episode and see if we can't get some community questions going. Uh, thank you very much, Troy. I appreciate having you on. Um, sure. so look forward if you want to hear more from you in Picard, Base SF, and uh, Troidal Power Presents, right? Yeah, just look me up on Twitter at Troidal Power is the easiest way because I'll, I'll share whatever I'm doing, including long Sounds rants good. about how much of a trash game Red Dead Redemption 2 is. <laughs> well, thank you very much, man. It was, an, uh, it was a pleasure having you today. Uh, have, have a good one, and everybody at home, oh, what's our sign off? I keep forgetting. Cock-a-doodle-doo. reviews Cock-a-doodle reviews is so much better. <laughs> is it too late to change the name? We got to change it again. I'll, I'll get in touch with Tyler. We'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, bye, everyone. Buck, 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 bu
Are you a fan of high fantasy epic book series that are converted into television series? No, not that one. I mean an epic book series that is actually complete. I'm referring to The Wheel of Time, Robert Jordan's fantasy masterpiece that was completed posthumously by Brandon Sanderson. Well, I have the perfect podcast for you. The Taveren is a Wheel of Time podcast where three gentlemen go through the series one chapter at a time, in their own special way. Follow along as Bill, Rob, and Rich re-experience this great epic. Experience for yourself a world full of vibrant locations, colorful characters, and storylines that will never fail to surprise. Visit a world that Game of Thrones can only wish was as fleshed out and complete. The Taveren, a Wheel of Time podcast, is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably network of podcasts. Find our podcast wherever you get your podcast feed, or visit probablywork.com for episodes of this podcast and other great shows. We will see you at the Wine Spring Inn. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.